to the Bring It Home podcast, a podcast where we unpack God's wisdom and grace that encourages us as the leaders of our homes to be the best parents that we have been called to be. I am Allison Carr. I am Andrew Brazil. And today we have a very special guest with us. We have Pastor Chad, our newest pastor here on staff. Pastor Chad is our resident cheesehead and Wisconsin native. He is a licensed counselor with over 10 years of experience of counseling outside the church. He's a pastor of Christian care and counseling here at Trinity, joining our team this past year. He's a family man with his beautiful wife, Shanna, has raised five kids, ages 18 to 23 right now. Please welcome Pastor Chad. Pastor Chad, welcome. Thanks for having me. Well, Pastor Chad, every time we bring someone in, we try to get to know them a little bit better. Today we're talking a little bit about school, so I want to know from you, what were you like in high school? What were Did you do sports, clubs, activities, anything? Well, in high school, my first year was actually at a preparatory school, so I lived on campus in the dorm. Oh, man. Um, that's where I got my first year of Latin and uh, all the fun stuff that goes with that. Um, and then, my that was in central Wisconsin, and then my family moved to Arizona the summer after my freshman year, so that I ended up going to a area Lutheran high school in South Phoenix, uh, Arizona Lutheran Academy. And it was very different. Um, yeah, oh, I, I <laughs> the freedom. So, then the freedom is gone. <laughs> yeah. Well, even I mean, growing up in Wisconsin until I was thirteen, and then setting foot in Arizona, and it's hot. And <laughs> the, the high school didn't have hallways. It was the rooms were all uh, covered with uh, roofs, and then you walked. Oh, that's the, wild. Yeah. So your lockers were outside. It's outdoors. like an outlet mall. It was crazy. <laughs> and, and I got there with my Wisconsin Badger shorts and t-shirt because it was really hot. Um, and I asked one of the girls where the bubbler was at. Oh, oh. man. Rookie mistake. she looked at me and she, she was like, the what? <laughs> at the bubbler, you know, you drink water out of it? And she, she laughed at me. And well, that was one of the first times I got to know one of my classmates, <laughs> learning that not everyone in Arizona knew what a bubbler was, so. For those of you who Michigan don't know, thing. it's a yeah. drinking fountain. <laughs> <laughs> the bubble up. So yeah, I played football and wrestling and track and um, was part of the journalism group. Uh, my senior year, I actually was the editor-in-chief of the school newspaper and the oh, wow. magazine that we put out. And we took a trip to New York for Columbia University and I got to spend a week there and then had to do a piece on some special aspect of New York City, so that was fun. Man. Yeah. Sports, journalism, it's got it all. Latin. Right? And German. And German. Well, and what you didn't, before before we started recording, Pastor Chad gave us a little insight into similarity that you two have, apparently, that I need photo evidence of, but apparently, <laughs> for those of you who know Andrew, Andrew has very long hair, even though it's always up. I mean, it's true. It's almost always up. It touches my belt. That's where it's at right now. <laughs> but apparently Pastor Chad did too. So now, now we need this we need photo evidence. Picture that. Just like get the face smash app and just smash our heads together. You get high school past each head. There you go. If you, if you haven't seen me, I don't have that hair. Anymore, so. <laughs> uh, I can see my own hair in the reflection. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> oh my goodness. Well, we all know, as we kind of jump into our topic today, we all know kind of firsthand the uncertainty and anxiety that comes with being in a pandemic, um, on top of the fact that we're now in the beginning of a new school year. Uh, we just had Trinity this week. We were in the beginning of a new school year. Um, so we wanted to talk today um, 
about that underway is as parents are faced with all the stress and un uncertainty um, and it continues to build kind of as we continue to live with uh, a new normal in the middle of a pandemic. So we're excited to have Pastor Chad with us today um, to encourage and to help us as we navigate these troubling waters. So I think, don't think we could have uh, any better person to kind of walk us through this and uh, share some encouragement for families as we as we navigate and start start a new school year together. So looking at uh, kind of the uncertainty that we're going into, um, what kind of what kind of advice do you have uh, for parents for for students going in? Um, give us some of your insights. So I, I have been paying attention to the research going on since uh, February, March, and some of the resources that came out this summer, especially for teachers and for parents um, facing whether my child's going to go back to school on campus or if they're going to have a like a virtual experience. learning experience mm -hmm. and um, all of those changes. So we know, I mean, prior to the pandemic, there was a certain percentage of kids that just naturally tended to have anxiety. Mm -hmm. you know? And you use the word new normal. That's understanding that on top of that normal experience of anxiety that they've had, they have this next layer of anxiety now. Um, so just unpackaging that with your kids. And I did a, a workshop with the teachers prior to the school year beginning and really talked about self-care for them, but also helping them realize that as they talk to the kids about the pandemic, um, to know what their developmental level is, what can they handle, what kind of information. Hmm. Um, I mean, in our country, the death tolls over 187,000 now, mm. and they're hearing that they're mm. seeing it in the news. Um, what does that mean for them? Uh, Detroit, they just had a memorial service, um, on Belle Island and 15, um, families were able to have some kind of a ceremony, mm. but, uh, the governor had mentioned, you know, we've lost over 1,500 in the Detroit area. And even at Trinity here, we've had members who have died due to this virus. And so the kids, I mean, I'd say people in general don't understand viruses that well. For um, sure. And, and so kids definitely don't, um, can't see it. Mm. Um, so there, there's this fear of the unknown. Sure. Just helping them talk it out. I mean, getting some of those feelings out, um, maybe even practicing with them, you know. I know it's hard for teenagers to use the I feel words. But, mm. Oh, I see, yeah. Um, but with, with your younger kids, you know, as you're talking with them, tell me how you're feeling. Use your I feel statements. I feel worried. I feel upset. Um, and, and help them tie it into what's going on. What are they worried about? What are they, what are they having those feelings about? I mean, as a counselor... You're dealing with anxiety and personally in my own life and then helping other people who have had anxiety. Um, there's there's the generalized anxiety that mm. can develop in childhood where you just kind of are generally anxious about things and have a higher degree of worry about things. And it's learning how to normalize that. Mm. Well, in, in these situations where a child's dealing with that already and then you add another layer of mm. something to worry about, um, and now adding be, school. Right, yeah. <laughs> On top of, you know, not, yeah. not only pandemic, also now school. Yeah, right. 
and as adults, we think we're in control of our environment. We take comfort in that, right? Hmm. We clean our houses. We <laughs> we scrub our door handles. Whatever yep. the thing is that makes us feel comfortable. Um, and I guess I remembered um, studying it in, in college, taking a psychology class, and at the time, just trying to understand what my anxiety was about too. You know, um, you familiar with Howie Mandel? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know his style. Deal or no deal. deal. <laughs> yeah. Or America's Got, ta- got Talent. That's right. He's a, so he was actually a, a stand-up comedian and an actor before all of that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But for about 10 years, he was off the radar. Hmm. You know why? Germophobic, yeah. Yes, he, he actually... Like severely. Yes, he was hospitalized for it. Mm-hmm. Oh, okay. He talks about it in a, in a book, and he, he talks about... Um, so he had gone out to dinner... You know, I was hanging out with friends and uh, got sick, severely sick mm. from uh, whatever he ate. Um, and so he starts washing his hands more. Okay. Mm. And at the time, uh, the, there was hand sanitizer came on the market. So he put a lot of money into that. Mm. You, you heard this story? No, no, no this okay. is new to me. So he over compensates for his anxiety and he's washing his hands and scrubbing and and he actually breaks down his his natural defenses like our skin is supposed to have protective layers to it Mm -hmm. the dermis and then on top of that we've got good bacteria that kind of fight off the bad bacteria and viruses and if we're doing a good job a hand washing where we're helping the good bacteria uh, if we're overdoing it, then we're killing off a good bacteria and we're drying out our skin in that defensive yeah, layer. Yeah. And so then you start getting those little cracks in your skin and, you know, the bad germs can get in. Well, that's what happens with Holly. Okay? Huh. And being in the public eye, he doesn't want his nasty hands to be showing to everybody. So what does he start doing? Wearing gloves. Wearing gloves. Yeah. Hmm. And what happens when you wear gloves? Bacteria just sitting in the glass. Yeah, I mean, dark and moist. moist yeah. Great place for bacteria <laughs> and viruses to grow, right? Um, and so he ends up hospitalized because of that. Or hmm. He's got a blood infection. Oh, well. Um, and so he's his one coping skill was they use the Hurting. term maladaptive. Yeah. It, yeah. He was doing it because he thought he was adapting to his anxiety, but it was bad adapting. Hmm. It ended up hurting him. And so just relearning how do I take care of myself. And so when he started doing deal or no deal, that they, they kind of brought that up. Like he doesn't shake hands. Mm-hmm. Yeah. What's wrong that's, with this That's guy? what I remember. Right. Yeah. So that was one of the ways he learned to cope with it. He's like, hey, I know that if I shake someone's hand, I'm just going to hyper focus on, did they wash their hands? Yeah. What kind of germs do I have in my hand? So he just learned different ways to cope with it. And I think if we teach kids that you know that there are healthy ways to cope and if your anxiety is just getting the better of you let's find some of those healthy ways to cope with it Hmm. yeah so so even when i'm hearing about that um as a if i'm sitting in you know a parent's standing in parents shoes and seeing my kid with anxiety it's not necessarily always about um focusing on removing the anxiety it's it's kind of adapting to see how can we Mm -hmm. um okay yeah, how, how to manage that in an appropriate way. Okay. So there's there's nothing wrong with being aware of the future. I think God created a, created us with a healthy awareness of the future, right? Oh, absolutely. Um, the letter of James, 
he says, when you make your plans to, to do this, go to that place, what are we supposed to do? Put it in God's hands. Yeah. If the Lord wills, if God wants. And so we plan, but we also place it in God's hands. And I think we can teach kids to do the same thing. You know, there's so much we can do, but ultimately you're in God's hands. Yeah. That's mm -hmm. where we got to find our comfort and our security. Um, one of the guys that I've grown to love over the years as I study scripture is Peter. Okay. Okay. Uh, what do we know about Peter? Uh, well, he was bold. He always made these bold assertions, right? Sure. Um, but we also get this picture that he's this really strong guy. Okay? Yeah. Yep. Um, some of the things that tell us that uh, in the garden when Jesus is being arrested, what does he do? Pulls out a sword. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Sword tries time. to fight. Yeah. And what what does his action end up doing? Lops the guy's ear right <laughs> off. Okay. Yep. Now, I like swords. I like to study swords. <laughs> um, I'm pretty sure a fisherman's sword was not like a katana where it could slice cleanly. You know, um, that he probably would have had to hack it at a while if he was a weaker guy. Hmm. But but Peter's so strong, he takes one swing and the guy's ear comes off. Okay. Hmm. The other thing we learn is in, in after Jesus' resurrection in the Gospel of John, uh, Peter and six other disciples go back to the Sea of Galilee while they're waiting for the Holy Spirit, right? And Jesus appears to them along the, the shoreline there, right? Um, and they're fishing all night, didn't catch anything. And Jesus says, hey, why don't you cast the net on the other side, okay? Um now, really, Jesus? Yeah, really? right? <laughs> Seriously? Well, we know he did that during the beginning of his earthly ministry with them. Mm -hmm. uh, and, and Peter and John are in the boat. Um, they toss it on the other side, and what happens? Oh, uh, um, a ridiculous amount of it. so heavy just, yeah. they can't even pull it. Yeah. Okay. And John says to Peter at that point, it's the Lord. Yeah. Like, duh. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Peter puts his his uh, outer robe on and he dives in the water. He gets to shore first. And the other six get the boat to shore somehow, right? Dragging this big haul of fish. But they can't get it on shore. And it says Peter goes out and he grabs the net and pulls it ashore. And it's full of 153 large fish. Peter is so no the, wimp. Yeah, this okay? is, okay. I've never thought about it like this, but so, I'm picturing it now. He's the apostle who talks about anxiety the most in mm. his letters. Mm. And one of my favorite verses there is in uh, chapter 5 of 1 Peter. He says um, that anxiety is a reality, right? Mm -hmm. um, I'm just going to pull up the verse. Um, so you, you get this picture of a big guy who probably shouldn't be afraid about anything or right. worried about anything. <laughs> Um, but he says, cast all your anxiety on God because he cares for you. Now that verb cast is a fisherman's term. Yeah, I was just hmm. going to say. When they took their weighted nets and they cast them out. I mean, people in the Middle East still fish like this today. They, mm -hmm. they Along the shoreline, um, some of the fishermen in Africa still fish like this. Um, they cast it out and the weights pull the net down into the water. And then the fisherman has to pull the string that ties all of those weights together. Hmm. And so it makes this big net, and they pull that ashore. So casting is laborious. It's, it's, it's work. Yeah. You got this big weighted net. Um, and that's the term Peter says. He, this big 
Krishna, yeah. and he says, I'm not going to take it on myself. I'm going to take that and I'm going to cast it on the Lord, on God, because he cares for us. Hmm. Um, yeah, I, I in thinking about the imagery of the net, too, I, I think Peter recognizes, you know, kind of what it would be like to be tangled up in that net and recognizing that anxiety can be like a net that you're tangled up right. in and it weighs you down and you're just, you just feel stuck. And so casting it on Jesus is, right. you know, getting that, letting Jesus handle that weight and yeah, he can handle it. And, and Jesus talks about worrying too, you know, um, that we shouldn't worry about tomorrow because tomorrow's going to have enough trouble of its own. I mean, if you don't think Jesus had a sense of humor, just read the Sermon on the Mount. <laughs> um, but, but the point he's making, and, and anxiety literally is excessive worrying taking it to the next level where yep. it's now physically affecting me, you know, my heart rate's going up, I'm feeling clammy, mm. shortness of breath, um, and maybe it's causing me to act differently, um, can't focus as well. So kids have this experience too, and they can learn how to calm their body, mm. um, say a prayer, bring Jesus into the mix, you know cast the anxiety on him. Yeah. God, I need you to take care of this right now. Help me to focus and function. Well, and as we, I mean, like I said, we kind of talk about parents have anxiety, kids on top of their kids having anxiety on top of all these different new normals that are anxious inducing, anxiety inducing. Um, I think I keep thinking from a parent perspective of just, uh, we're all, going to fail at this to some degree like we're, we're doing on top of trying to help our kids deal with anxiety top of the pandemic trying to figure out how to help our kids and step in and I think even as teachers like we're all we're all going to fail at this most likely at least once um just trying to figure out ways to like graciously walk through this and walk through this anxiety together and are there different ways or different ways that we can encourage parents just to, to do that, to walk through it graciously and know, like, guess what? You're going to make up. We're going to make mistakes. Teachers, they're not perfect. We're all trying to figure out what this, but how do we, I don't know, how do we do this graciously and gracefully? And yeah, and then thinking about that too, like, I know that often I think that I'm well-intentioned, but make some mistakes <laughs> in that. So along with that, are there like any common mistakes that, that kind of come from a well-intentioned parent or, or um, teacher that might... So one of the things they saw with uh, that shift in March when parents became the primary educator at home and they were trying to stream or do online classrooms. Yeah. Um, so teachers had heightened anxiety <laughs> because they felt like they were losing control of the environment. Yeah. Um, and they had to learn ways to cope with that. And, and one of the best ways was to communicate um, they, the, the feedback the teachers gave to the school counselors association was, this is what's helping. Um, okay. If I'm feeling stuck or if I'm feeling like my kids aren't learning as well as they had been when they were in my classroom, um, then I need to communicate with the parents. And, and one of the things that they found comforting was parents giving feedback to the teachers. Um, and how do we help this child learn this information, not focusing so much on their value as a student, but on the value of learning. Hmm. Does that make sense? Yeah. Like, it doesn't matter whether you got an A or a C on the quiz. That's okay. not the focus. Yeah. Let's not focus on that. What did you learn from this? Right. Okay. And, and it gives the opportunity then for the teacher-parent collaborative 
Um, what other ways could we explore sharing that information that we're trying to communicate so the child really gets that information? Okay. So it's really a, a, a lesson for the parent and, and the teacher as well, getting feedback from the child. You know, I, I think, you know, with uh, all of the testing and, and scoring that's been going on over the last two decades with um, the, especially the public school systems, um, the focus was on how much knowledge can we pack into them right. rather than how do we help them learn to learn. Yeah. Right. And a lot of the teachers have said that that's really been helpful for them as they're uh, dealing with this new environment. Um, and so accept that your child's a human being, hmm. that because they've got this added layer of stress now, yeah, um, that it's going to be harder for them to learn, and that's okay. Hmm. How do we help them learn to learn again? Ultimately, how much does it matter our ability to retain everything we learn? Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah, I know that that's something that um, with the confirmation program and, and even in dealing with our faith, that's something that we, we wrestle with alongside the school. It's it's not how much uh, the Ten Commandments do you have them all memorized and can you regurgitate them? But, right. but, you know, like, how does this apply in your life and how can you live this out? And, you know, when you're curious, how do you seek out this information and where do you find God? And, um, that's transition. more important than just you know being able to memorize a verse. Memory work well, yeah. is important, and oh, there's, there's, there's good stuff in that. But. but there has to be a transition from head knowledge to heart, you yeah. know, to heart knowledge, and, yeah. Yeah. and really absorb it, be able to live it, as opposed to just like you said, regurgitate, <laughs> regurgitate, and not actually feel it or let it, it <laughs> know, and let it you know soak in and, and be a part of you. Yeah. Well, Pastor Chad, um, that's a lot of good advice. As, as parents are learning new ways and, and are seeking new ways, and, and this is a great podcast for them to use as a resource, but are there any other resources that you know of that they can they can go to to continue to learn more? Or Yeah, uh, so for our Trinity families, we've got a new folder on the public school drive, the Google Drive, that they I put some resources in there, especially related to COVID-19 to, to help them as a family. And uh, some of them are books that they can read with their kids at different age levels. Um, there's one that really just focuses on caring for yourself as a parent in order to be oh, yeah. available for your children. Um, I think that's an yeah, important that's part point. of it. You can't, you can't pour out of an empty vessel, so you got to take yeah. care of yourself. And um, So if you're having anxiety as a parent, um, own it <laughs> yeah. and, and find some ways to to cope with it in a healthy way. And, and by that example, then you're, you're showing your children, you know, there's there's trials and troubles that are gonna come in this life, but we can respond to that with God's help and we can care for ourselves, body, mind, and spirit. So, um, yeah, I, I there's a lot of good books out there on, you know, helping kids, not just academically, but grow emotionally. Um, when I was in, in school, a good one, and I, it's a little dated now, um, <laughs> of the, the Intentional Family by William Doherty. I don't know if you've heard of that one. Mm-hmm. Kind of focused. The framework was how to build um, family times that really benefit us. And I think that was just the purpose of it. I mean, when the book was written, the internet was just kind of coming out. and Okay. Yeah. Know, there wasn't Facebook or Twitter or any of those social media things going on. But the internet was up, you know. Yeah. Um, 
and computers and video games were becoming more of the cultural norm. And so now it's just whatever the distractions can be, how do we function as a family and build some framework so we have time together? And um, there was a statistic I, I went to a, a parenting workshop, and there was a statistic that teenagers spend less than five minutes a day talking to their parents on average in our culture. That's wild. Sounds about right, though. Yeah. <laughs> five minutes a day. Yeah. How much? How much can you really communicate in five minutes? So maybe it's being intentional and saying, let's put the phones away and turn the computers off. And the, I don't know, do they still have iPods or whatever? Um, <laughs> whatever tablet, technology, yeah, yeah, whatever tablet there. they have, absolutely. Yeah, and, and so it's putting those things away and, and just intentionally connecting with each other, building a framework. And I think that's true no matter what oh, generation oh, yeah. you grew up in. Is, yep. And we need that. We need more of that that because we do have so many screens mm -hmm. we're losing that like interpersonal relationship with people so to, to make that intentional time as a family is so so important to just even share life and yeah yeah and, and for you families that have been um, going through the faith five you know steps that's really what faith five is all about is, is being able to talk about your highs and lows and dive into god's word together but to have that communication and to be able to um, talk out what's going on in your life um, that's really what that is carved out for so I, I grew up in a, a household where, I mean, my parents validated my emotions, but I was the boy. Hmm. So boys, you know, were Boys don't to, cry, boys don't right, cry. Yep. Yeah. Um, And I love my parents, and I think they did a really good job. I just, I think part, part of that's cultural, you know. Of course. Um, and I wish I had done a better job myself as a father. Um, hopefully in my later years, as I learned, I... I did a better job. I feel um, happy with where my relationship is now with my adult children. Have good conversations, and when I went back and I got my master's of science in mental health counseling, one of the books I really enjoyed was by Dr. John Gottman. It was called "How to Raise an Emotionally Intelligent Child," hmm. and I wish I would have had that resource before I had kids. So, if you're looking for something to read with some good insight and a way to really kind of challenge the cultural norms about how do we teach kids about emotions and um, that that was really a helpful book for me and I think I've, I've used it with when I've done family counseling and I realize that's one of the aspects is they're they're not really validating their child's emotion or they're not really training them how to express it in a healthy way and so it's coming out in these other unhelpful ways yeah can you share the name of that one with that last resource one more time? Yeah, Dr. John Gottman, G-O-T-T-M-A-N. And the book was How uh, Raising an Emotionally Intelligent Child. So, if you're not familiar with the Gottman Institute, it's 40 years of research on healthy marriages and then with that, healthy families. So, Awesome. Well, we are, we've been talking for a while. We could, Pastor Ed said he could talk all day, <laughs> which we would love to hear, maybe. Uh, but as we kind of wrap up this time together, this time, um, we want to thank you for joining us as we just spend a little time just hope, hopefully encouraging parents during this time. And, you know, yeah. we are still, as, as Trinity, as a church, just here to continue to encourage you all and uh, for those that are members here 
um, reaching out to us. And if not, turn to Utica.com. Come find us. Um, we just want to thank you for your time today. Uh, Andrew, do you want to close us in prayer? Absolutely. Thank you, sir. Thanks again, Pastor Chad. Our Father in Heaven, thank you for being with us here today. Um, I thank you for Pastor Chad. I thank you for Allison. And I thank you for uh, the entire team that helps put this podcast together. I'll let it be a blessing to uh, everyone who hears it and, and to the families out there. Um, Lord, just encourage them. Um, give them peace. Give them the confidence and courage to cast their anxieties on you, knowing that you can handle it. Just calm our hearts. Um, and give us peace in the uncertainty, knowing that you are in control of everything. So be with us in that. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. 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 All right, we'll see you guys. Amen.